0: Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, May 10th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look back, recapping another Orioles series win, specifically the win in the rubber game, a weird noon start on a Monday At Camden Yards, but the Orioles got it done with a 6-1 win over the Royals to take two out of three in the series. I'll get you the five things you need to know from that one. Then we will take a look at the Orioles' top three prospects: Adley Rutschman, DL Hall, and Grayson Rodriguez. All three are now in AAA Norfolk, just one step away from the big leagues. The question we answer today: When will each of those three be in the big leagues? in Baltimore and then at the end of the pod we will get you ready for some interleague baseball Orioles and Cardinals starting a three-game series in St. Louis tonight we'll get you ready for game number one on the tail end of this one but that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast you are locked on Orioles your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day so we'll start today with another Orioles victory, 6-1 to over the Kansas City Royals. And I'll get to the five things you need to know from that one in just a second. But before we get there, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. Locked on Orioles, free and available on all podcast listening platforms. You can get it wherever you get your pods. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and on any of those If you could leave a five-star rating and a review, that really, really helps out the pod. And of course, we're here on YouTube Monday through Friday. Make sure to like, comment, and most importantly, subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel uh, to get the best content from me from Locked on Orioles. And it really, really helps me continue to grow this podcast. So again, just want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. For your first listen today, let's start with an Orioles victory. The Orioles win it 6-1 to over the Kansas City Royals on Monday afternoon. Of course, because of all the rain this weekend in Baltimore, the series that was scheduled for Friday, Saturday, Sunday between the Royals and the O's became a doubleheader Sunday, which of course the O's and the Royals split. Recapped that on Monday's episode, so make sure to go back and listen to that one. And then the O's take the series with a 6-1 victory here on Monday. Orioles have won six of their last nine games. The victory gets them to 12-17. and they are full two games ahead of the Boston Red Sox as the O's sit in fourth right now, and they have failed to lose three consecutive series. They beat the Red Sox two out of three, they split four with the Twins, and then beat the Royals two out of three. Orioles playing some pretty good baseball right now, and it's, it's kind of fun to watch. So I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from the Orioles' 6-1 to win over the Royals. And the first thing you need to know, Tyler Wells went a career-high six innings as he got the start in this ball game. Wells' final line, six innings, he allowed one run on five hits, struck out three, did not walk anyone, and he threw just 75 pitches in six innings. I mean, you could have argued he may have wanted to go back out there In the 7th, he allowed 7 hard hit balls in the game. His ERA now at 3.75 on the season for the right-hander. And the reason the 6 innings is so surprising, not just because, you know, not many Orioles starters have gone 6 innings so far this year, but because specifically it's Tyler Wells. And, of course, we know the story of Wells' Rule 5 pick reliever last year, and the Orioles decided to transition him back into a starting pitcher here in 2022. But Brandon Hyde has said multiple times... Wells is on an innings limit. They're trying to limit just the pitches he throws. And he's basically told us that, hey, you know, Tyler Wells might get through five innings sometimes, which he had done in each of his last two starts. But Hyde said, even after Wells' last start, don't expect him to even get through five that often. What does he do? He gets through six for the longest outing of his major league career and his longest outing since he threw six innings in a minor league game in the twin system in high A all the way back in the middle of the 2018 season. So pretty cool moment for Tyler Wells. And, you know, obviously the Orioles would like to keep the innings down, but when you really think about it, you know, in innings limit, it's an okay way to generally keep a pitcher safe, but an innings limit doesn't really mean anything. What means much more is a pitch count limit. You know, if you put a 100 pitch count on a guy on a, or for Tyler Wells, it seems to be around a 75 to 80 pitch count for every start because not every inning is the same. Tyler Wells threw 75 pitches in six innings in this one. You'll see potentially a pitcher throw 105 pitches to get through six innings in a different game. It's all really about the pitch count. So, when Brandon Hyde sees where Wells is through five innings and he's rolling along, you know he gave up that run in the first inning. Ryan O'Hearn hit an RBI single and gave the Royals a 1-0 lead in the top of the first. And then he threw five consecutive scoreless innings, just kind of rolled along in this game. And so when your pitch counts in the 60s, yeah, go out there. Because it's more about the pitches than the innings. And he throws the scoreless sixth. He finishes off the game, hands it over to the bullpen. And just, I mean, great sign from Wells. And again, I'll still agree with Brandon Hyde. I would doubt you see many more starts of six innings for Wells this season. But if he's going to be that efficient, I think you can expect him to throw five more than really Brandon Hyde has expected him to do. And, you know, you'd like to see more strikeouts. He only had three, but he didn't walk anybody. Kept the pitch count down and pitched really well against, yeah, a pretty bad Royals offense. But he was still really good. And this, this experiment continues to go well for the Orioles. Wells goes out there. He's not as, you know, filthy and dominant as he was out of the bullpen in those one-inning stints, especially when he became the closer for the Orioles last year. But he's good, he's effective, he's mixing his pitches, he's throwing, you know, five different offerings, four different offerings really out there. And the stuff is working for Tyler Wells. And again, you know, what else was interesting about this start is he mixed his pitches up more than we've really ever seen Wells do. He threw 75 pitches. It was 24 fastballs, 21 change-ups, 19 curveballs, and 11 sliders on the day. And although he didn't get the big strikeout numbers, he did get 11 whiffs on 75 pitches, which is a pretty good number. And that changeup got four whiffs, the curveball got four whiffs, and he got two with the slider. So although he only got one with the fastball on the day, the fastball velo was right around 93 on average, just a tick down from what it's been most of the year, the changeup and the curveball were just unbelievable. I mean, he got eight swings on that curveball. Four of them were swings and misses. One was a foul ball. That's a pretty good ratio right there on that curveball. He was dropping the changeup in for strikes. He was getting swings and misses. The stuff across the board was really good. Obviously, this was the best start for Tyler Wells in his major league career. Hopefully, he can keep that going later this week most likely starting in Detroit next weekend. Second thing you need to know from this one, hey, the O's had the big inning. They scored six runs, all six of their runs, in the fifth inning. And yes, they did not score in any other inning. And it kind of goes along with what they've been doing. They had the three out of their four runs in the first inning, in the win on Sunday, in the doubleheader. And we saw this happen Against the Twins, where they scored the nine runs over the course of just two innings against Dylan Bundy. Then went kind of flat, but still won the game. And it kind of happened here. You know, they're down 1-0 in the fifth. They get six runs. And, you know, they were were hitting Royal starter Carlos Hernandez pretty hard. But then just obliterated him in the fifth. He allows all six runs on seven hits over four and two-thirds innings of work for Kansas City. But, listen, if you're going to only score in one inning make it six because with the way the Orioles are pitching right now, you have a good chance to win a ball game. And they just kept the pressure on in that sixth inning. That's really what happened. They did not let their foot off the gas. They kept going and going, going at Hernandez. And things just worked out for him in that fifth inning. You know, Rugnet Odor hits a ball hard to start the inning. He lines out. And then Tyler Nevin with a big walk. You have Bemboom Boom doubling, which we'll get to. And then Mateo hits the single to give him the lead. And even after a Mullen strikeout, Mancini crushes a ball for a single. Santander works a walk. Hayes hit by a pitch. The wild pitch makes it 4-1. And then Ryan Mountcastle kind of finishes it off with a two-run single to make it a 6-1 game. And they sent 10 batters to the plate in that inning, hit the ball hard, worked counts, worked some walks, got some hit by pitches. Just a really complete inning by the Orioles offensively. They had 6 runs on 9 hits and yes, they only scored in the 1 inning, but you know, you get a 3-hit day from Mancini, you get another 2-hit day from Austin Hayes. You know, you have Ryan Mountcastle hitting it hard twice, you have Jorge Mateo hitting it hard twice. Still a good day for this Oriole offense. Third thing you need to know is that Felix Bautista, man, he is unfair sometimes out there. He relieved Tyler Wells in the seventh and through a 1-2-3 seventh inning with two strikeouts and through just 15 pitches now a 2-1-9 ERA but Bautista was absolutely ridiculous in this game through three pitches over 100 miles an hour including his hardest pitch of the season in this outing StatCast registered one of his fastballs at 101.4 miles an hour again that is 101.4 miles per hour on a Bautista fastball. His fastball averaged 99 in this outing. His year average is 97.5. That's pretty good. He was up to 99 in this one. He threw nine fastballs, got two whiffs on him, five splitters, and he threw the slider once as well. And, you know, those were fine. But the fastball, the spin rate, the, the velocity, the swing and miss, you got on Pitching Ninja and just... I mean, when he throws, he threw that 100-mile-per-hour pitch. He got a swing and miss on from Michael A. Taylor up in the zone. It was kind of right at the top of the zone for a swing and miss. And he's got that big overhand delivery. You know, he's throwing from all the way up here. And because of that spin rate and the, the run he has on the fastball, it basically looks like it almost rises or, at the very least, you know, stays on kind of the same plane to these hitters. It's unhittable when he throws that ball up there. He's just so, so fun to watch on the mound. Fourth thing you need to know from the Orioles six to one win over the Royals is that it wasn't just Bautista. You know, there was a little bit of shakiness, but overall, the rest of the Orioles bullpen did combine to put up, you know, a scoreless three innings after Tyler Wells went six. Paul Fry wasn't great. Two-thirds of an inning, a strikeout, a walk, a hit. He did load the bases in the eighth, but Joey Crable comes in, gets a big ground out to get out of the bases loaded jam. And then a little surprisingly, the Orioles go back to Jorge Lopez in the ninth. Not a save situation, a five-run game. After he had thrown 25 pitches and struggled and given up the lead in game one of the doubleheader just one day before 25 pitches, I talked about on yesterday's episode how he just didn't have his best stuff. I thought for sure the Orioles would give him a day off. And I really did think that we were either going to see Crable stay in there for the ninth because he only threw six pitches in the eighth. Thought for sure he was going to come out for the ninth. Or I thought if it wasn't that that we would probably see Dylan Tate maybe back-to-back days pitch the ninth inning after he was really efficient in his ninth inning getting the save on Sunday. But we did not see those guys. We saw Jorge Lopez. And again, I will say the stuff was not his absolute best. Now, the velo was a little better than yesterday, but it was still average 97.3. That's still down about one mile per hour. The velo and all of his pitches, the slider and the changeup as well, were down. But he did get three whiffs, but it took him 28 pitches because he walked two batters to, you know, eventually put up a zero and get out of the inning and end the game. So after throwing 25 pitches Sunday, he throws 28 on Monday No way he pitches in tonight's game in St. Louis. Definitely going to be unavailable, but interesting to see the O's go back to him. But it was really big that despite still not having his best, best stuff, he did put up a zero and close out the win for the Orioles. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from this O's win over the Royals is that an Orioles catcher actually did something. On offense today. We mentioned Anthony Bemboom. He had a double in the middle of that fifth inning rally. Also drew a walk, went one for three, double walk, a run scored, and a strikeout. Is hitting just 132 now on the season, but that raised his average. And, you know, it was his first hit for Bemboom since May 1st, who made this team as the backup catcher. And it just hasn't been good for Orioles catchers. Coming into Monday's game, Robinson Chirinos and Anthony Bemboom, the Orioles' two catchers, where he combined 12 for 91 at the plate. That is a 132 batting average. That is not good at all. And it's not like one of them's hitting 200 and the other's hitting like 050. Literally, Ben Boom is also hitting 132. Both guys are hitting right around 130. So both are just struggling mightily right now. And so you ask, what's the answer? Well, the answer, of course, is bringing up the best prospect in baseball, who happens to be a catcher, and could be a top five catcher in baseball the minute he steps onto a big league diamond. His name is Adley Rutschman, and coming up in just a minute, we'll talk about when exactly we should expect to see Adley Rutschman finally in the big leagues with the Orioles. But first, let's talk about betonline.net. Because if there's a place where you can maybe find a line on when Adley makes his major league debut... You could maybe try to get one at betonline.net. And I know what date I'd be betting on, which I'll get to here in just a second. But they have everything for your sports wagering needs. Of course, baseball season, but also NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs as well. Both heating up. Get all the lines. Get all the scores. Get all the odds. Get all the news, injury news as well at betonline.net. You can also listen to podcasts just like this one over at a website that brings everything together for a sports gambler. You know what else you can do? You can sit on your couch, play your favorite Vegas casino games right from home. That's great, too. Really, this website has everything. So to get everything you want for all your sports wagering needs, head over to betonline.net, where the game starts. So the Orioles beat the Royals 6-1, to take two out of three in the series. And they've been playing good baseball, won six out of their last nine games after the win on Monday. But they're doing it without... There are three top prospects who are all going to be studs. And we're expecting all three of them to be in the big leagues in 2022. But none of them have made their debut yet. So the question I wanted to answer on today's episode is, when will those top three prospects, Adley Rutschman, D.L. Hall, and Grayson Rodriguez, make their major league debut finally with the Orioles? Because we know what's happening this season, and we know what's going to be happening pretty soon. So let's start with Adley Rutschman, because as I just talked about, The Orioles' catchers are not playing well. Now, granted, they're playing pretty well defensively. I've been impressed by Anthony Benboom, his defensive skills, and I've been impressed by how Robinson Trinos, as a veteran 37-year-old, has really handled this pitching staff, and the pitchers seem to like throwing to both of those guys. So defensively, it's been good. And that's something the Orioles haven't had over the past couple of years with Chancisco and Pedro Severino. But they did get a little offense from Severino. They are not getting that from either of those guys. Again, hitting a combined 132 coming into play. On Monday, You know who hits better than that is Adley Rutschman. And the question becomes, when is the top prospect in baseball coming to the big leagues? And now, we will never know for sure. We may not. But a lot of people, including myself, pretty much assumed that if health was all good, Adley Rutschman was going to be on the opening day roster for the Orioles. Yes, they did sign three catchers over the offseason. Of course, Robinson Chirinos to a major league deal. And then Anthony Benboom and Jacob Nottingham to a minor league deal. But when you can see how far behind Ben Boom is as a hitter, Nottingham's hit pretty well in AAA Norfolk, and he's had some success in the big leagues. But you could tell that the plan was probably. Robinson Chirinos gets signed as a veteran backup to Adley, and Adley's your starting catcher on opening day. But Adley has the triceps injury in spring training, barely plays, doesn't really play in any major league spring training games, gets hurt in the minor league version. And it's, it's been kind of a long recovery, but he's been playing in rehab games. He's played at Aberdeen, he's played at Bowie, and then he was moved up to Norfolk on Friday and played in three games over the weekend back at A Norfolk, which is where, of course, he spent the entire second half of the 2021 season. And he went three for 10 over the weekend, and his stats altogether through the three levels on his rehab assignment so far, this, of course, going into play on Tuesday, 10 games, he's 14 for 35. That's a 400 average. That's pretty good. He's got five doubles. Hasn't left the ballpark yet, but he's you know only got two RBIs as well. That's more about minor league hitters getting on in front of him. You never know how that's going to go. Six walks to just two strikeouts and an OPS over 1,000 through the 10 games for Adley Rutschman. Hasn't had the homer yet, but other than that, pretty much everything we've expected him to do at these levels of the minor leagues. And you know why we expect that? because he's major league ready talent-wise. And I talked about this last season on the podcast. By the time he had about a month, maybe six weeks in AAA, I talked about this in August. He was big league ready last August. He could have easily spent probably the entire second half of the season last year in the big leagues, but he didn't. The Orioles wanted to continue to move him along. Mike Elias talks about mastering every level. Well, he had plenty of time in AAA. This right now, this is not about mastering a level. This is about getting Adley back to 100% after the injury and then getting him to the big leagues. So the question everyone has been asking, well, when's he coming to the bigs? And I know a lot of that is about what game do I buy my tickets for? Because we can all assume he's going to debut for a home game. The Orioles are not going to have Adley Rutschman debut on the road. Now, if the O's were a competitive winning team in a division race, they would have Adley up as soon as he was ready. But we know they're not. And so what are they going to do? They're going to bring him up at home. And I don't blame them at all. You get the ticket sales. You get the buzz around the ballpark. You bring him up at home. You know, Maybe he'll be medically ready by the time the Orioles get to Detroit this weekend. You don't send him to Detroit to make his major league debut. You wait. So he's in AAA this week. The Tides are at home this week. My guess is he'll play out this week in Norfolk. Mostly because the Orioles are on the road. So that brings us to Monday, May 16th, when the Orioles return home to take on the New York Yankees. Basically, the question is, what day that week will Adley Rutschman debut? The Orioles have a seven-game homestand starting on Monday, May 16th, and finishing Sunday, May the 22nd. Seven games in a row at home, four against the New York Yankees, three against the Tampa Bay Rays. It checks all the boxes. You're at home. He'll have had 10 days in A. He'll be 100% healthy, we would think. And you've got not one, but two division rivals who you're hoping Adley crushes throughout his career coming into Camden Yards. So the question really becomes how will the Orioles kind of maximize the call-up date? I really think there's two options. Maybe three, but probably two. I would cross out Thursday. That's May nineteenth. That's a twelve thirty day game against the Yankees. They're not having Adley debut on a twelve thirty day game. I would cross out Sunday the twenty second because you're not going to have him debut on the last day of a homestand. You know, one chance to see him, and then the Orioles go on the road. So I would say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. I think are all in the mix. I would say the best two chances are probably Monday the 16th or Friday the 20th. Monday the 16th gives you, you know, you start on that Monday and fans have seven days to come see them. They have the whole week. And you get a pretty good Monday crowd. But the Orioles don't get Monday crowds. And actually, the data is out. Uh, hat tip to Ben Lindbergh over at Effectively Wild, a great baseball podcast. Uh, gathered some research from others and pointed out that the least attended day in Major League Baseball is Monday. And although it's the Yankees, maybe it's not Monday. You could do Tuesday night or Wednesday night, 7.05 games, Yankees in town, little better attended days. But I really do think the Orioles are going to capitalize the most they can. And my prediction, my official prediction, as I've said multiple times on this podcast and on Twitter, Friday, May 20th, 7.05 game against the Tampa Bay Rays. That is my official prediction for Adley Rutschman's Debut in the big leagues. That'll give him just about two weeks in Triple A, you know, fine tune against pitchers that have you know either been in the big leagues in the past or are almost big league ready, and get 100% healthy. Give him a chance to catch DL Hall, catch Grayson Rodriguez a couple of times down there, as we'll talk about, and then come into the bigs on a Friday night, where a big Friday night crowd, as usual. You know, Friday nights a pretty good night. You get the student night with the discounted tickets. Weekend night, a lot easier for people to get to the ballpark. And B, you know, if you do it Saturday, that's great, but you only give people two chances. If you announce it on Thursday after the game, because you have a 1230 game, game's over around 330, you announce it in the afternoon on Thursday, gives people plenty of time to buy their tickets for Friday, and gives other people plenty of time to say, hey, Adley's going to be here all weekend. Let's get our tickets for Saturday or for Sunday as well. And, and there's a giveaway it is uh, like a tr- an Orioles 30th anniversary travel cup presented by Masson. First 10,000 fans get it. So there's already a giveaway, which means there's already going to be more people at the ballpark that night as well. And I think it's just the perfect storm right there. You bring them up against the Rays, a division rival, and uh, everybody has a whole lot of fun in the ballpark. Now, the only reason I would be against this is because if he does debut on May 20th, I cannot attend the game. And I have said for three years now, whenever Adley debuts, I am going to be in the ballpark no matter what. Well, there is not a way for me to be in the ballpark that night because of other obligations. So maybe I don't want that night, but that is my official prediction. Now we move on to D.L. Hall, Orioles' number three prospect or number two pitching prospect. He headed to AAA with Adley Rutchman on Friday. Hasn't pitched yet, but Hall is scheduled to start tonight's game. That is Tuesday night's game in Norfolk against the Memphis Redbirds. So far for Hall, he's made two rehab starts. Of course, he threw in spring training, coming back from last year's injury where he missed, you know, basically the last two-thirds of the season after that really great start in A. Came back through in the offseason, got himself right, threw that one inning in big league spring training, wowed everybody with his stuff against the Phillies, then went to extended spring training to continue throwing, then went on rehab, made a, a scoreless start in Aberdeen, Gave up a couple of runs over three and two-thirds, but was pretty solid in double-A buoy. In his two starts, seven and two-thirds innings, two runs, five hits, 12 Ks, and one walk. That one walk is the big number right there because we know he's had a little bit of command issues throughout his career. So he makes his triple-A debut, debut tonight on Tuesday. And, at, and, and DL's a little different than Adley because... Adley's already been in AAA for half a season. The Orioles want guys to master the level. This, again, is going to be his AAA debut, and he's coming off a lot of injury time missed last year, so he's trying to make up for it. So I don't think DL is going to make, you know, two starts or three starts in AAA and then be in the big leagues in a couple weeks. I know Mike Elias has said, expect DL Hall, if he's throwing strikes, to be here sooner rather than later, but I think they're going to let him pitch and stretch out more and more in AAA. So my prediction is going to be another Friday night game. June 17th. That is just about a month after my prediction for Adley to debut. It is a Friday night start. June 17th, it's a 6.05 p.m. Eastern time start at the ballpark on a Friday night against those same Tampa Bay Rays. It's the start of a five-game homestand, including the start of a weekend. They get three against Tampa, then a day off Monday, then two at home against the Nationals. So you have him debut as a starter with somebody maybe piggybacking behind him on that Friday night. You bring him up. You have him throw gas. Maybe you bring him up as the opener. You know, he's planned to throw three innings. Then you throw Tyler Wells behind him, or you throw Keegan Aiken behind him, or somebody like that, or Mike Bauman is back. You throw him behind him. But that gives him anywhere from eight to ten starts in A. You can build him up. Maybe you get him closer to the five- and six-inning length and throw more and more pitches but I think that's a good number. You know, he doesn't have to spend, you know, a whole half a year in AAA, but eight to 10 starts, face solid hitters, you know, keep things going, stay healthy, and then get to the big leagues. And yeah, you could argue that he could be there before then, but the Orioles, you know, again, they're going to want to debut him at home. I think that's kind of the really big thing here. And after this next homestand where Adley debuts, the next one is May 31st to June 8th, and maybe it's that one. But the next homestand after that, starts on that June seventeenth. So I think just because of the schedule as well, that's why it's pushed a little further back, But give me June seventeenth for DL Hall. And then the last one is Grayson Rodriguez, who, of course, you could argue is further along because he's been in AAA all season so far, started the year in AAA. and Grayson, the number one pitching prospect in baseball, has made six starts in AAA Norfolk this year. He has a three point three three ERA in twenty seven innings. He's allowed just nineteen hits. Ten runs. He struck out 38 batters in 27 innings, walked just eight, allowed just one homer, and opponents in AAA hitting just 198 against the Orioles' star righty. Velo looks good. Off-speed pitches look good. Watched most of his starts Saturday night when he went five and a third scoreless in his last start in AAA. And my prediction for Grayson Rodriguez, kind of first, you know, you do have to answer, well, he's going to come up and he's going to take a spot, obviously, in the starting rotation. The question becomes, who does he take? Spencer Watkins has been pretty good so far, but I think he could go to a six-man rotation maybe, but I think he probably comes up and takes Spencer Watkins' spot. If Watkins is still pitching okay, he deserves a spot in the bullpen, but yeah, come up, take Spencer Watkins' spot. Or a six-man rotation. Totally fine with a six-man rotation as well, but either way, he's coming up to get a starting spot. So the prediction, a little sooner than D.L. Hall, a little later than Adley Rutschman. I'm thinking right in the middle. How about Friday June 3rd. Yeah, another Friday prediction. This is a game against the Cleveland Guardians. So, not a division rival, but it's in the middle of a homestand that starts on the 31st and ends on the 8th. So, you know, Grayson comes up. He starts on the 3rd and you get that big crowd on a Friday night. Now, you could argue well, wouldn't you want to bring up Grayson maybe the day afterwards to get a big Saturday crowd and yeah, you could argue that as well, but I'm going to say June third or, fo- or yeah June third or fourth because the fourth is a Saturday 4:05 game. There is a T-shirt giveaway. It's a This Is Birdland T-shirt. Those are always pretty good. But uh, let's say third or fourth. I'll take either. Grayson Rodriguez. That gives him about four more starts at AAA. It'll give him 10 starts on the season at AAA. I think that's enough seasoning. He's looked so good to get him up to the big leagues and get them ready. So how about I go June 4th? I like that Saturday 4.05 start. So for Adley, May 20th. For Grayson, June 4th. For D.L. Hall, June 17th. Now, I don't have any big-time inside information, but just looking at the schedule, looking at how they've played, looking at what the Orioles want to do. Those are my three predictions for the Orioles' top prospects. So, hey, if you trust me and my guesses, go get your tickets for those three games now. But in terms of the Orioles, well, they are headed back on the road for a little bit. That's why Adley Rutschman isn't coming up to the big leagues this week. And the O's are actually headed to St. Louis tonight for a little interleague ball. And we'll get to that in just a second. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com. Because if you're someone who drives a car, like a lot of you do, but maybe you're like me and you don't know anything about cars. Or maybe you do know things about cars. You just don't like going to a dealership. Don't like going to a chain auto parts store. Don't like them trying to big time you, tell you that they know more than you, and then sometimes just not having the parts that you need for your car. That's where rockauto.com comes in. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years. They have literally all the parts you could need for your car or truck, and they always have the best price. It is a win-win, win-win-win for anyone on the spectrum of whether you know nothing or know everything about your vehicle. But if you head to rockauto.com, they will treat you right, they'll find you the best price, and they'll help you find exactly the part that you need. And it's quick too. The website really, really easy to navigate as well. So make sure to head over to rockauto.com and write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So the Orioles and the Cardinals Coming up tonight in St. Louis, and the St. Louis Cardinals have not named a starter for this Tuesday night game. But for the Orioles, it will be Kyle Bradish. He will make his third major league start. He struck out just five batters through ten innings so far, has a five four zero ERA. Of course, through the six innings of two run ball in his major league debut against Boston, but he got hit around a little bit. I was in the ballpark his last time out there, May fourth against Minnesota. Four runs over four innings, six hits, three Ks, and two walks, and Really got lucky to even get out of that fourth inning when he gave up all four runs. We'll see if Bradish can bounce back against a pretty solid St. Louis order, which has Nolan Arenado just tearing the cover off the ball for the Cardinals right now. They're playing some pretty good baseball, our St. Louis. 16-12 and 12 on the season. They once again have one of the best defenses in baseball. Pretty solid rotation, solid lineup, solid bullpen. But just a really, really solid baseball team. And that's what helped them, of course, go on that big-time run last year. To sneak into the postseason. And they just played really well on the road against the Giants in a series over the weekend. So it's Bradish versus TBD for the Cardinals in Game 1. little later start out in St. Louis for some interleague ball. It's a 7.45 p.m. Eastern time start on Tuesday night. But uh, remember, universal DH now. So we don't have to worry about Kyle Bradish or any of the Orioles starters. That includes Spencer Watkins Wednesday and... Probably a bullpen game on Thursday. Having to hit in St. Louis. Don't have to worry about it at all. The Orioles will have the DH in an NL park. It's going to be their first time in a National League park with the DH. It's going to feel so, so good to watch baseball be played as it should with nine actual hitters in the lineup in an NL park. But Orioles and Cardinals tonight, then I'll be back with you here on the podcast tomorrow, breaking down game one of that series with St. Louis, giving you the five things you need to know from that one and we will continue with all the Orioles news notes and analysis that you need right here on the Locked On Orioles podcast but until then I'm Connor Newcomb and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day